Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we do need to hear the voice of God. I do want to correct one little tweak. God sometimes is silent. God is sometimes silent intentionally to draw us closer to him so that we draw in near, near to him. So it doesn't make anything wrong. It just means a little bit of a tweak. If God is silent all the time, that's a problem. <laughs> but there are times, it's like when uh, Elijah's on the mountain. When Elijah's on the mountain, there's a fire, there's an earthquake, there's all these things. And it says that God wasn't in those things. And then it was, there was a still, small voice. And then what did Elijah have to do to hear the voice? He, he had to come, come near. He had to... He put on his prayer shawl, he put on his covering, and he moved closer to where the voice was so that he could hear. So if you find yourself in that place where like, number one, if you've ever heard God before, you're, you know, then you, you, you know, you know what he sounds like and you've responded to him. So you don't need to try to figure out, am I saved or one of those things, Okay. That wasn't what those words were about, unless you're not saved. Because then if you're not saved, you do need to get saved, because it's serious. But if you've given your heart to Jesus, then you're a child of God. If you've believed and you've heard his voice. But when you, when you get yourself in a place where you feel like God's quiet, it's a, it's a good time to say, why is that? Is God testing me? Because sometimes he tests us with his silence. Are you going to keep following me what I told you last? Are you going to keep doing what I said for you to do when you last heard my voice? Or are you going to light your own fire? It says that in Isaiah, that when we light our own fires, guess what? We usually get burned. Are you going to try to make something up? Are you going to try to get something going on your own? Or are you going to wait for him? Are you going to wait for his voice? You're going to go, hey, is that, is that, is that, is that? No, this is God here. Sometimes you just want, my, my thing is it's a call. It's a call to come close. It's a call to come nearer so that you, you can hear his voice. Um, and, you know, we've got to hear the voice of God. Uh, and it's interesting, several of the things that uh, we've talked about today. Um, you know, we're, we're right in the passage of Exodus. And, woo. That took a long time to <laughs> worship. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. In Exodus, we, we've been in Exodus, and we're, we're at the point where, God, where Moses is having a conversation with God. If you weren't here a few weeks ago, we were, we were in uh, Exodus 3, where it says that God appears to Moses in a burning bush. And guess what? It says when Moses went near, then God spoke to him. So when Moses turned and looked at it and went over there and responded, so sometimes God just went for a response. He just wanted us to, you know, if I try to talk to somebody who's not even coming close to me, if I'm like, hey, Dave, how you doing? And then Dave keeps walking. 
I can either keep yelling or I can go, I guess Dave doesn't want to hear from me right now. He's never done that. So, um, but I'm using him as an example. So, but Moses comes near to God and then God begins to speak to him. God begins to begins to show him who he is. He begins to reveal himself to him. And so that's kind of where we are. So if you want to open to Exodus chapter four, we're, we're going to go here for a few minutes. We can. We can go a little bit longer. Just, I looked at my wife and Felicia. and What do you think? Dave says go as long as you want. That's what he said. <laughs> so we're, we're right in the middle of that conversation. We were in the book of Exodus. Um, so we're in Exodus chapter 4 verse 1. So... Moses answered, he's talking to God, and God's saying, I'm going to send you. And uh, Moses says, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe me? Or listen to me? Or they say, the Lord didn't appear to you. So then the Lord said to him, what's that in your hand? A staff or a rod, he replied. And the Lord said, throw it on the ground. And Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And he ran from it. Who all runs from snakes here? <laughs> okay, who doesn't run from snakes? Is there anybody? Okay, all right. There's a few of y'all, a few snake whisperers. Rattlesnake Roundup in Sweetwater, anybody? So, um, so he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, here's, 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 you got better know this is God. Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Does anybody know, if you don't know about snakes, and you're, you're with a, let's say there's a dangerous snake there, you, or that you think is a dangerous snake. What is the last place you try to pick up the snake from? The tail. Just in case you didn't know, that just FYI. <laughs> you don't want to take the snake by the tail. Why is that? Because it can still move its head and come back and get you. Okay? You got to get it on, on, the, on the top of the neck <laughs> where it cannot, you know. I recommend the running part, right? <laughs> The Moses, the Moses thing right here. I mean, not too quickly, you know, don't, don't scare it because it's probably scared of you as much as you're scared of it, maybe. Uh, so God says, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So right here we know that God is asking Moses to trust him. It's a, it's a test right here. I mean, you sometimes read these as, I don't know, as a kid or something. You're like, man, these are kind of like cool magic tricks, right? Who, does anybody like magic tricks? My son likes magic tricks, right? You know, used to. Or, you know, it looks cool. Like, so Moses says, how can you believe me? And God says, hey, throw your rod down. Oh, cool. You can turn it into a snake. And then he's going to ask him, hey, put your hand in your cloak. He sticks his hand in his shirt, comes out. It's all covered with disease and leprosy. Stick it back in. Whoa, it's now it's all good. Woo, it's like. It's like magic, you know, magic Moses. So, and then, uh, 
you know, what's the third thing he does? He says, if they won't believe any of that, then, then scoop up some water from the Nile River, and then when you pour the water out from the jar, it's going to be blood. Way better than a car trick, right? <laughs> but that's not what God is doing here. He's not just getting fancy. He's not just, you know, giving Moses some, you know, a show to do. For everybody, there's there's very specific things that he's doing. But the first thing he wants Moses to do is trust him. Will you trust me? Will you take what you have? He asked him, what do you have, Moses? What do you have? I just have this. I'm a shepherd. He's a shepherd at this point in his life. I've got a rod. I've got a staff. This is all I have. He says, take what you have. Now throw it down. You're going to have to lay it down at my feet. You have to surrender what you have in order to step into the calling that God has for you. What do you have? What are you holding on to? He wants you to let it go and to throw it down before Him. And so then it turns into a snake. And guess what? It freaks Moses out. Because sometimes, you know what, the stuff God calls you to should freak you out sometimes. If we just lived in a nice, safe Christian bubble where everything's all nice and good and, and nothing ever is like, whoa, that's, that's risky. That's kind of scary. Maybe it's not God. Maybe you've never followed Him because there's a lot of times where God asks you to take a risk. He, ta- he wants you to take a step of faith. He wants you to do something that makes you uncomfortable. He might even do something that he wants you to do something that might even scare you. He says Moses runs from it. I don't know if he screamed like a forgive me, ladies, like a little girl. <laughs> I have two boys. A little boys can scream too. Just FYI, right? <laughs> Y'all have boys. Sometimes they can scream too. You're like, who is that? So Moses runs from it, and then God says, look, then he, then he invites him into a greater amount of trust and says, hey, pick it up by the tail. I mean, I'm assuming that Moses had a little bit of a clue about snakes. I don't know. He'd been living in the, you know, in the wilderness and taking care of sheep. He'd, he'd seen snakes before. This is not his first rodeo. He wasn't just a city boy, you know, that had never seen animals before and grew up in, you know, L.A. or something. And you know anybody like that? Um, talking about myself, uh, just in case you think I'm talking about Jerry. So, <laughs> if you're a guest, Jerry's our youth pastor. So we're both from California, from the, from the city. So uh, we're, we've learned lots of things since moving to Texas. So, so Moses has to trust the Lord. When you trust God, what happens? A miracle. It turns back into the rod. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Verse 5. This, this, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand in his cloak. When he took it out, the skin was leprous. He was covered with disease. And it, it had become white as snow. 
Now put it back in your cloak, God said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. There's some more water, Dave. (laughs) Do what he says. Such a powerful word. But that's what Moses had to do. Do what God said. He had to trust that if he stuck his hand... You know, and think about this. We don't know. Moses comes back to his people. Maybe we'll get to this part. But Moses comes back to his people and says he... He says this stuff and they believe it. We don't know if he had to do all three signs. It doesn't say. It doesn't say, did he just do the snake? And everybody's like, that's enough for me, man. Yeah, it must have been God. <laughs> I don't know. But Moses had to have faith. He had to have trust that when he threw down his rod again, God would do what he said he would do. See, isn't that how God works? He takes, see, Moses, it became a staff again. It was just looked right, like a regular staff until he journeyed back to Egypt. It wasn't like a day away. It was a little bit of a journey. You After you've had that encounter with God, sometimes you, you think yourself out of trusting God, right? You can walk through and like, did that really happen? Then you're questioning you're, you're questioning, wait, did God, was that bush really burning? Was I, was I asleep? Was I having, did I imagine that? So it was still an ordinary staff. When you start to follow the Lord, you don't suddenly become Superman. As much as we call Super Dave, Super Dave. <laughs> None of us are Superheroes. We're still human beings and we still have to take what we have and we have to take we have to make an act of faith and trust God. And we 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 take what he has given us and we offer it up to him and we say, my life belongs to you. And so I'm going to give it to you. And when I lay it down before you, then something miraculous can happen. But it's still my it's still me. I'm still John. I still have to take out the trash. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes other people have to do that at the house. Thank the Lord. <laughs> you know, there's a great, uh, I don't know what those notes are for, but um, <laughs> there's a great, uh, there was a great man of God. He was, he was called, his name was John Wimber. Uh, he had a great healing ministry. He was the founder of the, the vineyard movement, the vineyard churches that spread all over the world. When they were founded, man, it was just like a revival of healing and miracles were happening. And, you know, but he was still John. And, and, and he writes in his book, one of his books that I write, I can't remember if it was Divine Healing or Power Evangelism, whatever it was. But he says, you know, when he was at home, his, his wife would kind of bring him back down to earth because he'd say, she said to me, Hey, take out that trash, you faith healer. Because <laughs> we never get to the place 
where we're not us. But we do get to a place of trust where we surrender our lives to God and He takes what we have and turns it into something that only He can do. Man, that's the sign that you've met God. That's the sign that He's appeared to you. Is you've laid down your life and He takes what's in your life and He makes something of it. He does something miraculous. He takes a person who was caught in depression or who is caught caught in anger and rage and he rescues them and he takes them and as you surrender yourself you're transformed on the inside and even though you're still weak he's strong in you and he does something miraculous and he changes you and then somebody else knows yeah you were with god he had to appear to you because you've changed so much something has happened in your life because i still see you but there's you plus god There's you plus something from heaven. There's you plus something supernatural. There's you plus something more. It's not just you anymore. You know, I have this scripture that I was going to read. Let's put that on the screen. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Uh, Put that one up there. It's the next one. After the, yeah. Now we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. No matter what, I'm still a jar of clay. That's the the way I learned it. It's where that band got their name, Jars of Clay, by the way. Uh, if you've heard of them. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that this power is from God and not from us. Because Moses wasn't advertising his name. He was advertising the name above all names, the great I am, the I am that I am, the God, Yeshua, Jehovah God, Yahweh, The one and only one that is really God. So I ask you, what's in your hand? What are you you holding on to that you need to lay at his feet? You know, Moses, the end of this section... Let's move on. Or verse 10, Moses said. All this stuff happens. Moses says, hey, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. So Moses starts saying, look, don't you know who I am? I'm not I I don't even have that many skills. I'm not very talented. I, I can't talk to people. And the Lord says, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? In other words, hey, I'm God. I made your mouth. I can can use your mouth because I made it. Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. And then Moses says, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send somebody else. 
says, then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother, Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he'll be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. I mean, isn't it amazing that Moses has all these encounters with God and yet it's still still not enough? This is what I believe. That God always comes to us and he addresses us at the point where we we feel most frail and weak. He's not going to come to you with all of your, the amazing talents he's given you. And he's probably given you some. But the place that God wants to come, he wants to come to that place where you're like, no, not there, God, I can't do it. Haven't you seen my life? Haven't you seen how I failed? Haven't you seen how broken I am? And he comes to that spot and says, we're going we're to come right there. We're going to show up right in that place. Moses says, look, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good at talking to people. I'm going to have you talk to people. <laughs> but God, I'm good at this other thing. Can I do? How about that other thing? <laughs> like, well, you don't need me with that other thing. You can do that without me, but you can't do this without me. So God wants to, sometimes God has to address us in a place of our greatest weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, I don't have this one on the screen. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, it says, Paul pleads with God. Hey God, I've got this thorn in my flesh. I've got this thing that's, that's, that's coming at me, that's, that's hindering me, that's making me not be able to do what I want to do, really. Not be able to be who I want to be. And, and God's, what's God's answer to, to Paul? He doesn't take it away. He's like, oh, let me, let me set you free from that. He says, no, guess what? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Man, this doesn't, this doesn't sell many books. <laughs> this doesn't build big churches. <laughs> but that's in the gospel. God wants to take us where we're weak, not tell us how amazing we are, even though he loves us. He loves, I mean, let's be clear on that, that God loves us and thinks we're amazing. Jesus died for us. He thinks you're worth dying for. That's love. The love issue has been settled forever. If you're, you're loved. If nobody else on earth loves you, the God of the universe loves you. Jesus loves you. He forever He forever placed it in all eternity with his hands and his feet, with his blood. So you're loved. But you're also weak. And God wants to come to you in your weakness and say, guess what? Now I want to show you what grace looks like. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? With this area of your life that you feel most weak. 
Will you trust me where you feel most frail? Or is it only in the good places? Is it only in the good times? Is it only on the Sundays when it feels good? How about the place where you feel weakest? Are you going to trust me then? Because my grace is made perfect in your weakness. Some people miss out on the grace of God because they, they don't ever humble themselves. They, they don't ever allow God into that place. They don't ever allow Him into their, their brokenness, their weakness, their, their failings. And look, I mean, God's even gracious here. He says, okay, Moses, fine, you can have your brother with you. I'm going to send Aaron, and Aaron will do all the talking. He says Aaron shows up. He doesn't see the signs. He doesn't see the burning bush. He doesn't have God talk to him. But all he hears is hear Moses telling the story. He says, let's go. I'm ready. Man, we could be like an Aaron, right? He didn't have to see the burning bush. He didn't have to see the signs. He just, Moses said, here's what God said. And Aaron said, let's go do it. He didn't say, hey, can you throw that thing down? I really want to see it myself. I like snakes. He's one of the snake handlers, right? Like one of you six people here that's like, yeah, I want to mess with a snake. So, no, it says, it says Aaron, Aaron didn't have to see anything. What does Jesus say about when he's at the end of his life? He said, blessed are those who have not seen yet still believe. After he's showing Thomas like his hands and his feet, he's like, hey, touch me right here. Do you think I, this is really me? It's me. But he says, hey, blessed are those, hey, when you don't see, but you still believe. Because we're not always going to see everything. You're not going to see everything mapped out for you where you're like, I've got it all mapped out. Now I can now I know what to believe in. <laughs> doesn't usually work that way. I don't know if you found that out when you walk with Jesus a while. Doesn't seem to work that way. <laughs> Maybe when you get to 90, I don't know. Nobody's 90 in here, I don't think. So probably not. It's still a walk of faith. Will I trust him? Will I trust him? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's let's just stand right now. God's been been messing with us all morning with all kinds of stuff. You know, we're going we're gonna to have people up here to pray with you. If, if you didn't respond earlier and you need to get right with the Lord, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you're just like, I just need, I'm struggling, I need someone to pray with me. We will, we will be up here and we will pray with you. Don't leave if God has been tugging on your heart today. Don't leave. It's too serious. It's too serious. But right now, Lord, we just, we just lay, lay things down at your feet. I just feel like God just says, I want you to lay some stuff down. 
So whatever it is that you're you're holding on to in your heart, in your mind, in your in your in your life, maybe there's maybe it's a situation, maybe it's uncertainty, maybe it's your future. I don't know your your kids, your grandkids, finances, spiritual calling, just like Moses here. Whatever it is, I just I just want us to just surrender those things. Just say, God, I'm just laying this at your feet, Lord. I'm laying these things at your feet. I'm choosing to trust you, Lord, with this thing that, that, that I can't control, but I want to control it. I want to be in charge of it. I want it to be taken care of, God, but I, I'm just going to have to let go of it. And so, Lord, we just choose to lay those things at your feet, trusting that you are good. Trusting that you are who you say you are. Trusting that you're the, you're the God who keeps his promises. You're the God who keeps his word. So we lay these things at your feet, oh God. If you want to turn it into something, then turn it into something, Lord. If you just want to leave it there, we just leave it at your feet, Jesus. Jesus, you be Lord of this. You be Lord of this area of my life. You be Lord of my marriage, God. We lay, lay mar- our marriages down. We lay our spouse down right now. God, you be Lord. Jesus, you be Lord. I'm not going to try to control them anymore. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to be their savior anymore. God, I'm laying them at your feet. Our kids, God, we're going to lay them at your feet, God. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with next week. I'm going to trust you with with my future. I'm going to trust you with the situation that's causing me anxiety. I'm going to lay it at your feet, oh God. that's you just say it right where you are just say lord i just trust you with this right now whatever it is just just quietly we're not listening nobody's listening next to you just i i trust you oh lord thank you lord thank you lord hallelujah jesus we just honor you and bless you today just begin to 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 thank jesus thank you lord we just worship you oh god that you are the God of the impossible. You are the God of, of strength, even when we're weak, God. We, just, we offer ourselves freshly to you, God. We thank you that we have this treasure. We do have this treasure. The treasure is you, your presence, your power, your salvation. Your life is in us, God. You have made us new. And so we carry it around, God. But we're, still, we're still broken jars sometimes, God. But we want people to see that this power is from God and not from us, God. So let my life be an offering to you where even though I may be broken and nobody notices me, God, that they see you. They see your power. They see your hand. They see your love. They see your holiness, God. They see your purity. They are, they are thrown into wonder because of what you were doing in this broken jar of clay. Thank you, Lord God. We just honor you today and we just freshly commit ourselves to you. That we would do what you've called us to do, God. We choose to take that step. Whatever God is leading you to take a step of faith into. To, to, to call you into something different. To call you into something new. Then, then to take that step. Take that step of faith. Whatever it is. God shows you something. Write it down. So you don't forget. 
Let it be a sign to you that you can follow. So, Lord, we just honor you and bless you this morning. Thank you for meeting with us today, God. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.